Hey guys, welcome back to Cosmopunk. We'd like to start by thanking you for sticking out with us this year. It's been a tough one, we know, and frankly, just being able to do this, this show and play games together has really helped me personally a lot. I, I know that for a lot of people who I talk to in the um, tabletop gaming community, that's the same for them, that they... You know, they really love being able to just dive into that world for a bit. And thank you for sticking with us. Do check out others as well. Um, it's been it's been a real year. But we're still here. We're still kicking. And we plan to take in 2021. This Christmas, uh, to make sure we had a little bit of breathing room, um, we did an episode swap with our friends over at Spectre in the Fog. Spectre in the Fog is a Call of Cthulhu um, actual play podcast as well. They're also um, homebrew. And uh, you can listen to them over at SpectreFog on Twitter, um, SpectreInTheFog.com. And of course here, now, we're going to be doing an episode swap with them. So they're going to be playing episode 13 of our show, Meet the Rich. And we're going to be playing episode 3 of their show, Descent into Madness. Please be warned, Spectre in the Fog is a horror podcast. And there are some scenes that may be a bit macabre. Um, especially since we start the episode dealing with some of the uh, cases from Jack the Ripper. We'd like to give a big thank you and a big shout out to the Spectrum Fog guys. Um, you'll even hear a familiar voice while you're there. So uh, please enjoy Spectrum the Fog and Happy New Year from all of us at Cosmopunk. Welcome to Spectrum the Fog, a homebrew of Call of Cthulhu Chaosium game. Episode 3. What strange, mysterious circumstances have our brave investigators found themselves in now? Let's join the action. See what the hell is going on. All four of you awake on a street. Uh, there's a thick fog around you, and as you look up, you can see um, the glowing orange lights of uh, what are the gaslit street lamps. It's cold and it's dark. You are a little bit disorientated, considering you all thought you've just you just died in a cave in, and now you appear to be somewhere completely different. Um, can you all, for me, just roll, um, just wondering, would any, would either, you know what, I'm going to have Cicero do this. Can you just roll an intelligence roll for me, please, Cicero? Okay. Oh, he's nailed it. Extreme success. Cicero, he's a clever boy. <laughs> because you're mad already, these sorts of things happen to you all the time. <laughs> wake up with no trousers on in the middle of the street god damn it and because you're a, actually a very intelligent guy you realise I'm, I'm in London I'm on the streets of London hmm. this is strange and hmm. as you clock that you hear murder murder and then a police whistle blow the Jesus. fog starts to lift and you see over all, all four of you look glance over uh, directly in front of you and up against a fence is a bundle of what looks to be clothes um and you all all, all four of you stand up at this point and can um marcus can you do a spot hidden roll for me please 
27. Excellent. Marcus, you look across and you instinctively realise that that is not a bundle of clothes. That is a body. Uh, and oh. as you as you look closer, you can see the blood, fresh blood, running down the pavement and into the gutter. What are you gentlemen going to do? Marcus is going to go straight into into police mode. He's heard a police no. whistle. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> are you? How are you doing again? this? As Marcus is halfway through saying something. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to check and then <laughs> Wilfred busts out yet another very detailed sketch <laughs> of, of the bundle in the dark only lit slightly by the gas lamp above um, of the bundle of bloody things that is now up against the fence and then whoosh, time snaps back back to Marcus Right. Uh, yeah, Marcus has heard about it. Police whistle. He's seen a body. He snapped straight into police mode. Um, gets up, dusts stuff down, and he's going to go and check it out. Where Where did the the shouting come from? And the police whistle, for that matter. Um, well, as you walk over, uh, you see a constable running down the street towards you guys, and standing behind you, on the opposite side of the road, is a man, sort of standing and pointing, um, slightly shaking. He does. He does look very startled by what he's seen, especially considering these four guys are now just in front of him as well, surrounding this body already. He just assumes that you've run from somewhere, but there is a person standing behind you who has, who has alerted the law. Oh, if, he's, uh, if he's behind me, I'm going to spin on him then, like go straight into cop mode. Cool. So as you turn around, uh, you walk up to this gentleman, and a constable runs up and joins you four. And just as you're about to question this man who's, as I say, a little bit startled, he goes, stop right there. I've caught you lot red-handed. Easy, easy, son. I'm going to pull out my, my badge. Croydon police. Croydon police. I thought you were from Brixton. <laughs> no, I changed it because it was the 1800s. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Croydon Constabulary. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry Croydon there, mate. Constable Fairtree at your service. What are you fine gentlemen doing here? I assume you've just run and stumbled on this scene after this gentleman cried for help. Oh, that's right. Constable Queenston. Looks like, uh, sorry, um, sir, can you tell us a bit more about what you've seen to the, to the guy? Like, he uh, wants to take immediate control as a policeman, so this doesn't become a these guys killed this dude situation. While he's cool. looking the other way, I think my journalism thing is going to sort of kick in, and I want to know more about the actual body. So while the coppers aren't looking, I want to try and find something more about the body itself. Okay, so uh, Wilfred, you've... You've wandered off for a second and you're looking at the body and we'll come back to you in a second. Uh, as you ask the question, Marcus, the gentleman turns towards you and says, oh, I don't know, Governor. I was just stand, I was just coming down the road and uh, I glanced over to me to me left there and, oh, poor blimey. There's a, there's, there's a body over there and there's, there's blood. And, oh, considering the recent events, oh, oh, I screamed bloody murder. I did, sir. Yes, I did. And uh, I didn't see anyone about. Um, but it must have only just happened. Oh, I must have missed him. I must have walked past him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, Lord, on the shoulder. me. Slap <laughs> him. Sugar. You did the right thing, son. Good job. Oh, Constable, you, would sir. you assist thank me in this? Uh, sorry, mate. What's your name? Oh, Constable Queen. Uh, my name is Constable Fairtree. Uh, oh, I meant the, 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 the murder guy. The oh, you meant the guy. murder guy. Yeah, shatty uh, guy. Uh, Smith. Smith, sir. Right, uh, right. James Pops Smith. Pops out my notes. Very making notes. generic. James Smith, got it, got it. Where do you live, Mr. Smith? Around here? Oh, not too fast, not too fast. A few roads over, a few roads over. 
Um, what, time is it? what time is it in, in, in the world now? Okay, so uh, you pull out your pocket watch to uh, to get the ga gauge of time, and it is one fifteen in the morning. All right. Um, you have to you have to excuse me there, Mr. Smith. Obviously, and uh, myself and Constable Fairtree here just uh, just have to quickly ask, what were you doing out here at this time of night? Not accusing you of anything. Just want to know what's going on in this uh, in this area. Oh, I was just I was just walking home from my uh, from my shift at the yard, sir. Oh. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a builder by trade, and I was doing a late shift at the yard, getting the horses in and the carts. Oh, oh nice, God, nice. The old man was a builder. Oh. I respect the, respect the profession. Oh, oh, well, bless you, sir. It's a, it's a noble profession. I, I have to admit. And uh, as you gentlemen are talking, um, Wilfred, you have walked over to the body, and. Um, as you look closer, you uh, the, the the light from the gaslight isn't great. Um, do you have any matches? Would you say uh, you have matches? Do you want I to mean, do a luck smoked. roll? Yeah. Do you want to do a luck roll? See if you've got any matches in your pocket. You can just ask me. I've got matches. No cigarettes. Have, no, matches. I don't oh, want yeah, you knowing what I'm doing. Well, yeah, Wilfred's already wandered off All from right. you guys. So you you throw it around in your pockets. You don't have matches. You actually have a lighter. So you flick the lighter on and it gives you a bit more light. And what you see when you flick your lighter on is uh, a woman or what's left of a woman laying on the street. Her skirts have been pulled up, exposing her. Um, there is a lot of blood, uh, a lot of damage. Um, it looks as though she's been sliced on her throat pretty much ear to ear. And at that point, you have a flashback to the scene you stumbled upon uh, three months prior during your mm -hmm. investigation into missing persons and can you do a sanity roll for me please oof no is that a D10 or D8 what was it no D4 wasn't it uh yes I believe it is two okay um you, Oops, sorry, that that's right that's right you stumble back and the not just the visual aspect of it but the smell comes right back to you and you are snapped right back to that scene in that uh in that warehouse on the docks uh in south end <laughs> and you are there as the police burst in behind you uh, and you stumble back and as you feel like you're falling um, you snap back to reality and you fall back onto your backside onto the pavement behind you uh -huh. um, with a tremor in your hand you drop your lighter uh, the sound of your lighter dropping alerts Constable Fairtree uh, Marcus, Cicero and Cresta and they all turn around to look at you on the floor shaking what is your course of action, gentlemen? Did you say I dropped on the floor shaking? Uh, no, Wilfred has dropped no, to the floor. So did this match pretty much everything I found before? That is exactly the same kind of method? It's, it's, it's similar enough that it has caused you to have a very vivid flashback, uh, you know, like PTSD, mm. uh, to what you witnessed before in that warehouse uh, two months prior to uh to okay. the events of, of the beginning of the game 
what what are you other gentlemen going to do um, at the moment? Wilfred is partially incapacitated on the floor. Uh, I'd run over and see, uh, probably see what the uh, see if he's all right, um, and okay. pick him up. Make sure he's uh, not going too mad. Perhaps um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would unbutton his evening jacket and put it round him. Try to keep him warm. Oh, good stuff. So, uh, so you guys uh, are. Uh... He look. He looks at the constable. And goes, get, get this man a brandy or something. He's he's in shock. He's a terrible oh, state. Uh, constable Fairtree looks around and goes, "Oh, cool, blimey! Um, you're right there, sir. Uh, uh, well, uh, I'll have to see um, what we're doing." And he, as he's looking give, around, give him anything, man. Give him, give him something strong. He's going to sell his nerves. As, as he's looking around, a, um, hey you copper, give me some booze. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can I roll a spot Brad, hidden Brad, for some booze? Um, alcoholism. You, you, uh, you can ro- do a luck roll. See if you've got any booze in your pockets. Yeah, right. all right, I'll do a luck roll. Oh, no, 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 Brass is quite likely to do that as well. Wow, yeah. wow. Ooh. Cicero pulls out from his breast pocket a very. Uh, <laughs> both of you pull out two flasks. <laughs> And hand them one in each hand to Wilfred, who is uh, who wait, is steadying wait, no, no, himself. No, 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 no. If Cicero's already got his out, Crash is going to undo his and start drinking from it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So Crash, uh, Crash is now is rapidly becoming a function alcoholic. Oh man, <laughs> Marcus does not approve. <laughs> um, Cicero, do you hand your flask to Wilfred? I mean, if he pulled it out, we can assume he does. But let's wait. Yeah, until yeah. So, so, yeah. so Cicero is handed handed a floss to um, Wilfred, and uh, Wilfred, are you going to take a very big gulp of that of that mysterious liquor? I mean, I would anyway. You would anyway. You just risk it for a biscuit, didn't you? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, will you you keep going? You're chugging, and uh, Cicero's standing there waiting for you to give it back. And uh, you're still going, um, and then you eventually hand him back what feels to be an empty flask, Ooh. and uh, and you wipe your face, and uh, you, you steady yourself, and <laughs> you stand back up again. Um, Fairtree is 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 impressed by the amount of alcohol you've just managed to knock back in one sitting there without flinching. Um, Not he my can first time. Oh. um, he's going to walk over to the to the body now and uh, inspect it. Uh, he's uh, he's maybe not made of as as much as stern stuff as he thought, and he steps to the side and uh, vomits into the curb. Cresto, pass the cellar. No, don't give it to me. Give it to give it to the corporal. <laughs> The constable. The constable, yeah. Like Marcus is, is an ex alcoholic and does not want to handle booze, but he's the undead <laughs> do want it. Okay. Crash, are you gonna give uh you're gonna give Constable Fairtree uh, a swig of your flask? I pat him on the back first, and there's there old chap, it's uh it's an ugly business, and then hand him the flask. As he I kind of direct his gaze away from the body. Brilliant. And what's uh, the what's constable, sorry? Pardon? Uh, a, a constable is like a like a street bobby, but it's like yeah. the official name. Oh, I guess I, cause I wanted Marcus to be like, 
and a one up from that, like a sergeant. What's about that? Uh, it yeah. would go straight to sergeant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so, uh, so you 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 pull rank on him. Yeah, basically, to... I'm yeah. not having this dude come over here, <laughs> puke on our crime, <laughs> and then and then try and accuse us of anything. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> while while you're while you're thinking that, Marcus, uh, Fair Tree wipes the vomit away from his mouth and uh, takes a quick swig of the of the flask. Oh, thank you, sir, and hands it back and uh, steadies himself again. Just says, "Right, um, I'm going to need your names. I've already got uh, Sergeant." Queenston's name. Uh, your name, please, sir. And he points to you, Craster. I'm listening intently because I've wanted to know his name. I've got like the pen and paper ready. To oh, write. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so Marcus, like, ear, like, really getting close in. I think we, uh, all, we all introduced ourselves before, though, didn't we? No, yeah, but, 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 but the constable doesn't know who you are because he's just turned up to a murder scene and found you guys there. No, so he needs... never gave us his name. Yeah. I'm telling him I'd, I've got nothing to worry about. Okay, so while while Crester is uh, is oh. sort of like pondering, uh, Wilfred, he, he, yeah. he gestures towards you, uh, sir. Yep, uh, Wilfred Abernathy. And he writes that down in his notebook, Wilfred Abernathy. Uh, what's your occupation, sir? Uh, I am a journalist. Oh, journalist. Very good. Uh, you're not making notes on this one, are you? I've had enough of journalists. Journalist, no, no, uh, do I look like I've had a chance to make notes? Do you want to just do a sleight of hand just to see whether you can uh, sort of like put your book behind you and be writing as you as you go? Well, I fell down, didn't I? So I probably would have dropped it. No, you, you didn't have your book out. You only had the lighter oh, out. So. Yeah, no, that's... and you fell and he can see he can see that you've got your notebook out and he's like, right, OK, sir. And you can see him maybe <laughs> maybe underlining in his book, your name for further questioning later on. <laughs> I um, can I try and persuade him and say, "Oh, that's not really this. Look, he's, I'm just trying to do my job here. I'm sure you're trying you want, to." Do you want to do a persuade? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. You want to now do a persuade wrong? I mean, judging by that first roll, you're basically writing I mean, in front of his face. Yeah. As you're writing down everything he says, you just go, "I'm not writing down what you're saying. <laughs> you're not writing down his name." He goes, "He's all like, oh." Oh, all right then, sir, and you can see him ripping <laughs> out, out the underlines that he's put under your name. And just put it you imagine he's putting like a smiley face next to you, uh, <laughs> sort of trying to stay or... like you know. I don't need to write down that you threw up upon viewing the body. <laughs> he's like, very good, sir. Very good. Um, he then points to uh, Cicero. Uh, your name, sir? Uh, Professor Cicero Johansson. Okay, that's a. F- Funny name that is, sir, but I do not judge. And he writes his, he writes your name down in the book, and uh, he's like, "And your profession, sir?" Uh, professor of. Oh, professor. Yeah. Oh, funny that that Coins being a uh, professor. Well, there we go. And he writes your name down. Can I do a Can I do a check on the body? Because we've been standing here around this body. Was yeah. Like do you a... want to? Do you want to? I mean, like. Wilfred's already had an episode. The policeman's thrown up. You're more than welcome to have a look. Yeah, I'm here to do um, actual Marcus. police work. I'm not like um, Fairchild here, who's a bit green, I guess. Yeah. Fair tree. Fair tree. Fair tree. Sorry, fair tree. Yeah. What um, do you want to Um, Do a spot hidden roll for me, please. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you wander over there and uh, uh, you. 
you have a look and you're like in, puke's in the in, way i'm having hard, hard to pay attention and uh i mean you 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 can see that this woman's uh genitalia has basically been eviscerated uh, she has multiple stab wounds her dress is up and she's so she's fully exposed to the world around her um the blood has now stopped flowing from from the wounds but she's got a very big slit running from ear to ear under just underneath her chin I'm going to cover her up, um, cover her dignity and death, at least. Um, and as you do that, um, the the gentleman, James Smith, wanders up with his coat and uh, without looking, just sort of like covers her, covers the rest of her. Um, but actually, he steps, accidentally steps Smith. in this. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, no problem, sir. And then sits <laughs> <and> <laughs> grab hold of the fence. So he doesn't fall down. Um, Oh no! <laughs> Fair tree now now uh, now draws his attention back to you since you seem to have snapped back into your in, into your thinking of what name you're going to give this time to the constabulary, and he goes, uh, "Your name, sir? I still haven't got that." Oh, probably. Uh, good child, Craster. Good child, Craster. Good child. Oh. Uh, occupation, sir. I'm an. I'm a dealer of antiquities and artifacts. Oh, very interesting. So he writes that down, and uh, I've also written that down. You've also written that down. <laughs> so has Marcus. <laughs> Marcus is like, good child? Sounds kind of familiar. And yeah. then, uh, I'm aware I've never been caught, so I can claim I'm a legitimate businessman. But you are like a gentleman thief, and you leave like a calling card. But not with my name. Jesus. That'd be stupid. That would oh, normally be like for the the <laughs> pressed name for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, the the, the pressed name. Is, uh, I, I don't want to use the black cat just because she's awesome and I'm not. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I still haven't come up with one. I will come up with one. I'll come up with a non pink in chimp. The pink chimp. The pink chimp. <laughs> the pink chimp has been here. <laughs> the silk glove. Actually, I really like the idea that like Mark's been chasing the pink chimp for like ages and doesn't realise he's working alongside him. I was gonna go with the white owl, but I just can't. <laughs> it's so strong. It is so strong. The pink chimp. Yeah, the pink chimp. Pink chimp is too stupid. No, 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 no. For for the simple sake of the referencing. The Jade Monkey. The Jade Monkey. Isn't Ooh. that in freaking Looney Tunes or something? That's the Looney Tunes movie, Frazier. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is it? I mean, well, I, I, that is. I thought it was from. I thought it was from The Simpsons. I thought it was the thing Mr. Burns found in his glove box. I'm not sure how how serious we could take it. Like, I've stolen your thing. Signed, The Jade Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love great. it. That, <laughs> it is in The Simpsons I'm, as well. I'm, I'm making a GM decision that is now <laughs> Prester's working name, the Jade Monkey. Okay. I thought that had something to do of, with chairs. Shouldn't it match the initials? Shouldn't it match the like initials? Like the Crimson Goose or something. <laughs> the Crimson Goose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay, well we'll, we'll 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 figure this out later on. <laughs> either way, either way, I've got a reference to the fact that I'm a climber like a bastard. So, um, the golden gorilla. 
the golden gorilla. Go- how I buff, think Crimson how Goose is, or yeah, Tim Yeah, he's definitely pretty buff to the golden better. gorilla. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, oh, the pink gibbon. No, that's not. No. Crimson, <laughs> Crimson gibbon. Crimson the gibbon. Crimson gibbon. Crimson gibbon is. <laughs> Done <laughs> fear into everyone's. It's, everyone's it's, it's, wait, wait, we're making this legit. <laughs> there we go, Crimson Gibbon. It's in yeah. the chat. It's official. Right. Um, make a note, gentlemen. Crimson Gibbon. Mm-hmm. So very um, important. Yep. So this may come up later on. You never know. Oh, um, God, I'm well, Mark's been after the Crimson Gibbon. So <laughs> I've been writing stories about the Crimson Gibbon. <laughs> <laughs> None of us realise we've all been, we've all been hanging out with the Crimson Gibbon. Yeah. <laughs> and Cicero, Cicero once saw a monkey. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in the 1800s, that would be pretty impressive. Yep, yeah. That'd be up there with owning a pineapple. I know, I know. I mean, like you guys are like the pinnacle, the cream of the crop of Victorian mm-hmm. society when it mm-hmm. comes to things that you have done and seen. Um. Right, so Fair Tree now has all your names and occupations down, and uh, he's look—he's looking you over, and he goes, "So, uh, how do you find gentlemen find yourselves here? You seem to be dressed in evening wear. They're not really the sort of place that um, you'd go out for drinks late at night, if you know what I mean." And he sort of oh, like, we're, gives you, we're, gives we're you on our way home from a social gathering, my dear man. Okay, social gathering. Uh, where was that exactly? With Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice, right, and he's writing this down. Beatrice, and uh, and uh, whereabouts is uh, sorry, wait, Beatrice we didn't remember Beatrice was just like a it's joke right name. Up down, right? Uh, why yeah. is this relevant lane? Yeah, no, yeah, Beatrice was the joke name. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not, it doesn't matter what we tell him, we could tell him Balthazar, he's gonna look even worse than uh, Beatrice, isn't it? You know, well, not really. I was just say, unfortunately, our host was a bit of a cad and took us there in a coach. We completely blacked out windows, so we didn't know where we were. He finds it quite a wheeze that we now have to come find our way home. Oh, very mysterious. Oh, I like that joke. Very good. And he starts chuckling to himself. Yeah, um, a bit of a prankster is old B. <laughs> oh, B. And he writes that down in his notebook. He's writing all of this down in his notebook. He is loving it. He's never had to write so much stuff down in his notebook before. This is like like Christmas for him. Like he's got his orange and he's got his clementine. You can any of us be exactly what he's been writing? No, no. None of you can. He's uh, he's standing in front of you. He's got his book up in front of him. He, he looks very official. Um, while he's doing that, from behind you, uh, four gentlemen, you can hear a, uh, like, like a mob walking down. Um sort of like not not so much shouting but making making a ruckus of noise and uh you turn around and one of the gentlemen <clears throat> steps out and he is um about five and a half feet tall and he walks straight up to you gentlemen very well dressed uh bowler hat very nice big bushies of like uh, old style, old style Victorian, old style Victorian moustache, and uh, he reaches out with a gloved hand and says, uh, "George Aiken Lusk, at your service, gentlemen. Uh, may I ask what's going on here?" And who might you be, Mister Aiken Lusk? Uh, ah, yes. Um, 
So uh, I am head of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. Uh, we set up after all of these uh, these dastardly murders. And then uh, at that point, can you all just do an intelligence roll for me, please? Oof. I'm drunk. Fuck it now. Cicero. Clearly we're all drunk. Freaking... Yeah, Marcus isn't super smart. He's more streetwise. Holy shit. Oh. I take Boom. it back. So, he's, super, um, he's not smart, but he is paranoid. Well, in, in intelligence is more like street smarts anyway. Oh, fair play then. So, um, so, and if you were going to do anything um, educational, that's when you use your education skill Oh, point. gotcha. That's why he's um, So, Wilfred is still um, slightly... I wouldn't say concussed, but still taken aback. So he's he's just sort of like standing there nodding. Um, you guys all pick up on the fact that he says Whitechapel. And at that moment, you all realize exactly the situation that you've just found yourselves in. Um, a woman brutally murdered on the streets of Whitechapel at night. It can only mean one thing and one thing only. And I'm going to turn to you. Noel Edmonds. Yep, that's right. Noel Edmonds has come back in time. <laughs> and And... And with Mr. Blobby in a trench coat and top hat. Oh, no. He, he is running around and murdering the prostitutes of Whitechapel. <laughs> I fucking knew it. Crusty, you've got it in one. Game over. We can all go home. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to turn over to you gentlemen to all look at each other and realize who has most likely committed this murder. And what do you all say? Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it was, no. it was like well, well, well. Wilfred wouldn't say anything because Wilfred is a bit, no. he's a bit off of it. But um... first thing I'm going to say is, has anyone got a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would uh, do a lo- another luck roll for it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, go on. Actually, well, I kind of, I kind of want to bully this yeah. policeman a little bit. Oh, I'll take one from you as well. But I want, I want yeah. um, Fair Tree to give me a cigarette. Um, <laughs> fair, fair Tree, Fair Tree looks at you and goes, um, "Oh, I don't know, sir." Starts messing around in his pockets, and he pulls out a a, tobacco, a little tobacco tin, and uh, and uh, gives you a, a a very tightly, neatly rolled cigarette. Uh, do you need a lighter as well, sir? Uh, so I've got one of my own. I'm going to take that, and I'll take Wilfred's one. Cheers, Wilfred. <laughs> <laughs> Lights and up and goes. Cigarettes. <clears throat> so and, looks uh, like we're dealing with the Ripper, eh? And uh, and uh, Miss Galas turns at you and goes, "Oh, so you." You know of this uh, bastard's work, then, do you? Well, um, yes, if that's what you're saying, it appears as though this is now the fifth victim of the Ripper. Um, And he looks over at the constable and says, Constable, do you have any information for me? Um, We we need to record this and and make sure everything's uh, kosher. And the constable sort of looks a little bit strangely at, at Lusk and just says, you're a civilian, sir. I'm not going to hand over police intelligence to you. And uh, as he as as he says that, uh, some more police officers turn up from his side of the street uh, with a what looks to be a, a a doctor, someone carrying a bag, and they walk over to the body and sort of start to section it off. And one of them's like, "Oh God, looks like the ripper vomited here." And uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Finally, DNA evidence. <laughs> and uh, and what's DNA? Fair, yeah. yeah. And uh, fair tree, fair tree. Sort of at this point, turns around and leaves you gentlemen with with Lusk and sort of like mumbling to him, oh, "Oh, that was me, lads. Sorry." And uh, and they seem to be dealing with the body. 
Um, uh, Lusk gains your attention once again. He goes, oh, very rude of the uh, the constable there. Um, I suppose you gentlemen would like to fill me in on what's going on. Uh, as I am head of the Vigilance Committee, we, we do like to keep records of these things. It's very useful for us to know where the murders have been committed. Um, it's been committed here. Well, yeah. I'll be, I'll be honest Mate. with you, sir. It was... Uh... It was committed, yeah. Like as my as my fellows here said, right here it seems we've uh, we've covered her for her modesty, of course. But uh, right now it's a police matter to uh, find out exactly what happened. I'm sure that you'll find out when. Uh... Wait, sorry, who was the who was the journalist? <clears throat> Me, Wilfred. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure you'll find out when uh, when uh, my good friend uh, Mr. Abernathy uh, pops it in the paper. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, okay then, gentlemen. Well, uh, do you? You look like you're in a fine dress, but you're not exactly dressed for the uh, for the night's air. Do you have anywhere to stay, by any chance? We so wait, hang on. We were in Croydon. We ended up in Whitechapel. Yep. Then no. <laughs> Long tunnel. I guess in theory, I could probably go to any Bobby shop and just like kip there, but couldn't take the other with me. Yeah. Um. As you all sort of like look to each other, sort of a bit like, well, hang on, how the, how the hell did we even get here in the first place? Um, uh, George Lush says, oh, not to worry, gentlemen, I have enough beds, blankets and pillows for all of you. If you would like to come and join me and my family uh, tonight, we can have a, a, a spot of uh, food and then turn in for the night. And maybe maybe we can just have a, a brief conversation about what's happened today. And uh, with that, before before he's even let you um communicate what you want to do he's turned around wave the mob off and they've wandered off and dispersed and he's like come on gentlemen follow me and he's strutting off down the middle of the road um what are you guys going to do this does to be appear to be have... your uh, uh yeah go on would any of us have heard of him before i can like we're all history or something to see if we've heard of him and like, yeah, if he's part of this, if he's part of this committee then he must have made, made some kind of a dent um, maybe I would have seen it in another paper, or Marcus would have heard of it. Okay, uh, out of game, the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee hasn't actually been running for very long. Uh, George Lusk set it up after the uh, second murder, I believe, and okay. it was a case of he didn't feel the police was doing were doing enough, and there were already like a mob sort of going around. So he tried to, um, you know, basically set up a, a, a vigilante group that were slightly official and would go around and hopefully catch the ripper before he would strike again. Um, as you know, Lusk, Lusk was a, was a, was a member of, of, of the Whitechapel community. So he, he sort of like took it upon himself as a, as a citizen, as a civilian to try and help as best he could. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just, that's just a bit of out of game knowledge for you guys. So you understand, understand okay. the character. Um, Wilfred, you, may have picked up on murmurs of something sounding like the vigilance committee do you want a history just to see or something or it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't be history um it yeah. would probably be um God, uh, pro- probably be an education role because you it would be something that you know it wouldn't be street smarts so that would be an innate okay. knowledge that you'd have really <laughs> Okay, so so you you sort of like think back, but in in your haze of the moment, uh, you can't really think of anything. Marcus, you probably also would have heard uh, through the Met, although Croydon wasn't technically part of London at that point. Um, 
what what was going on in Whitechapel, and you very well may have heard of of Mister Mr. Lusk. So, would you like to also do an education role for me, please, yeah. just to see if you can fill the other guys in? Oh, pow! You know exactly who this gentleman is. Um, you've even seen him in a newspaper um, doing an interview. Uh, so you, I, I'm assuming at this point. I didn't notice that. Yeah, <laughs> it was your newspaper, Wilfred. That was the problem. That's a different um, department. Yeah. Uh, if, we're, if we're heading, if we're if we're looking to head to him, um, then I'll, I'll tell them this guy. This guy seems like on the on the level. I've I've, I've heard him in uh, copper circles. Um, he's trying to do some good, but uh, he's only a civilian. So let's try and keep. Uh, let's kind of keep uh, the events of tonight a little bit to ourselves for now. Yeah. Don't you have to tell me twice? Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Yeah. And yeah. is uh is Crash that happy to follow the group as well or Oh Crash is gonna go along and see uh Yeah, he hasn't actually got anywhere to stay, so Crash really does need a place to stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better than staying on the streets next to that body, that's all What I would I what would I roll just real quick just to like uh, in D and D, be insight. So, what I want to get insight on Craster, just real quick. Um, that is a good question. I'm just having a quick look at the um the sheet. Probably psychology. You might be able to pick up on little ticks or. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> no. no. Um. Okay. So you 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 look at you look at Craster up and down as you as you guys are wandering off after um after George Lusk, who is, is strutting with confidence off towards his uh, his home in Whitechapel. And you, you don't really seem to pick anything up from him. It's not as if he's a blank slate, but it's just as if he's... Um, exactly. He just doesn't give off... Yeah, he just doesn't give off a vibe at all. Yeah. Um, after, uh, after about a 10-minute walk, um, you come to a very nice townhouse uh, somewhere in Whitechapel. And uh, Mr. Lux is like, uh, oh, "Come on, gentlemen!" And he's he's walking up the up the steps, and he opens the door, and he he, he goes in, and uh, the lights are on in the hallway, and he's and he's beckoning you into the home. He's like, "Come on, gentlemen! I'll I'll put on a spot of tea, and we can have some sandwiches." And Ooh, uh, I'm there. A bit early well, for sandwiches. Yeah. One o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, it's it's now it's now closer to two a.m. After everything that's been going on. Oh, now it's fine. Just find out how it is now. Why do you say so? M sandwich is fine. A 115 sandwich. That's madness. Wow. So you guys literally, literally were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all sandwiches. Tea. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going up the step. It's it's borderline comical because you're all trying to get up the steps all at the same time. And then you try and you slowly sort of like squeeze through the door, all four of you at once. And uh, sort of like, oh, yeah, sandwiches, sandwiches, like, like a bunch of seagulls filtering through the house <laughs> trying fine, to find fine, the dining room fine. to sit down yeah yeah exactly like finding nemo you're all <laughs> like the seagulls in that and uh he uh he, he he sits you down in in his um in his drawing room and uh he gets his wife up to uh to make some sandwiches and, and a pot of tea for you guys and uh you all you all sit in you all sit in his room it's, it's very very nicely furnished a uh, green velvet wallpaper, strange choice, hmm. but uh, seems to work. It's it's split with a with a bar, a dado rail that goes around the room. So the bottom half is uh, striped, and the top half is more sort of like a flat, a flat green. 
Um, so the bottom half, let's say, is, is more of like a green cream stripe. Uh, very nice sofas. It looks as though it hasn't it hasn't long been uh, refurnished, and uh, you've got a roaring fire, and it's just it just it just feels very homely. You actually feel quite safe there compared to the experiences at the mansion. Um, it it has a completely different vibe to it. It doesn't feel mysterious or strange or threatening in any way shape or form so you all feel like you can kind of relax and you all rest back in your chairs and uh you all have your your fine bone china and teas and you're eating your cucumber and cheese sandwiches um and uh that's the deadly allergy to cucumber kicks (laughs) (laughs) oh no um quick roll a constitution roll I mean, he so, doesn't, but like, I can't I, like I feel like if you failed that, you would just instantly die. <laughs> I think we'd have to find we'd have to find the Victorian equivalent of an EpiPen. Uh, <laughs> oh, you think you just avoid bowels? Brandy, but... yeah, they just give you a brandy. Sort yeah, of brandy, man, get it back up. Um, so yeah, you're all sitting there drinking your tea, eating your sandwiches, and Mister Lusty is there, sort of like shoveling the sandwiches down, and uh, he's all like. So, gentlemen, how'd you find yourselves in Whitechapel? <laughs> Taking a sip of his tea. Um, though he dresses like a gent, he doesn't necessarily act like one. Let's put it like that. And uh, uh, So he posits well, the uh, question to you guys. Crash, uh, well, we were on our way back from a party. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> Still sipping his tea very loudly. <laughs> Marcus hates this. Francis <laughs> guy slurping in front of him. He's like, oh. <laughs> oh, I've spilled some of my tea. Spilled some of his saucer. And he sort of drinks it out of the saucer. <laughs> and like some of it goes into his very big bushy moustache. He's like, oh, excuse oh, me. And he gets his like handkerchief out and he's like dabbing his face and like crumbs are falling everywhere. And, you know, he's still going. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should tell him about the squid. You want to tell him? <laughs> so uh, Cicero wants to tell him about the squid, does he? Yeah. No, no, no. We don't want to tell him about the squid. <laughs> he doesn't know. How. He's just. He's just a civilian. We don't want to. We could ask. No. Him if he knows anything about? Oh, God, I'm, I'm calling him Beatrice as well now. <laughs> <laughs> Balthazar. Yeah, we should ask him if he knows anything about Balthazar. Okay, go on then. Can I? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. No, you go. You go ahead. You ask. Yeah. Uh, so, um, George, do you know anything about uh, a gentleman named Balthazar? Balthazar. Hmm. <laughs> Balthazar. Balthazar. At this point, he's sort of leaning back in his chair, looking up at the ceiling, uh, cradling his head in his hands. Balthazar. Owns a mansion down in Croydon. A mansion in Croydon. Interesting. I figured you might move in similar, you know, fancy circles. Looking around here, it's a pretty nice place you've got. Oh, thank you very kindly. Yes, I've, uh, I've not, not long refurnished. Uh, got, uh, got to keep up with the times. And uh, he then sort of leans forwards, looks you all dead in the eye, and he goes, Balthazar, yes! Never heard of him. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah. <laughs> for nothing. Fucking knobs. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a little the, something uh, in your moustache, by the way. Oh, hello. <laughs> and he's sort of like, he's picking out, he's like, oh, get a cucumber, and then sort of like starts eating it. Um, you notice I'm going to a... look around for like another cigarette case anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And, uh, and you sort of notice while he's picking out this, while you're doing that, uh, Cicero, you notice there's a bit of 
bit of a um, moustache hair actually stuck to the cucumber that he's now just oh. eaten and swallowed. Well, this seems like a perfect opportunity. <laughs> wow! <laughs> time partially stops this time. Things are moving oh, quite God. slowly, but it gives you enough time, Wilfred, to sketch the scene. And you, yeah. you put finite detail on that hair, just gently nestled on top of that little piece of cucumber as it enters his mouth. Mm-hmm. And as you, as you, as your pen lifts up from the page for the final time, time starts back up again. Um, Marcus, as you are looking around, once again, you see behind you against the wall, there is a table with what looks to be a cigarette case on it. Um, are, are you just going to take one without asking, or are you? Uh... Don't make me listen to him slurp tea and eat cucumber sandwiches like an animal. I'm having a cigarette. So I always say, like. You don't mind me helping myself to one of your uh, to bit of your backy, do you? Uh, oh no, not not at all, there, sir. But by the way, gentlemen, I haven't got I have the foggiest idea of your names. I've invited you back to my home, and I don't know who you are. So uh, he, he's he's what what he's... what could this going on? Can Crafter lean over, look at Wilfred's drawing, and go? I can't deny you've got talent, but I'm just not sure there's a market for this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Trust me, this will be perfect. And I now want to grill him on everything he's doing as part of the anti-ripper movement because this is going to be the nice little piece in the paper the picture of him as their leader eating the hairy cucumber eating the hairy cucumber (laughs) right um so are you gonna hairy cucumber is it too late to change my criminal name (laughs) (laughs) marcus usually stops looking for the hairy cucumber he drops the case (laughs) he's like no i'm going after the fucking clown instead there's no way he's going to walk into the station and go, has anyone heard about the hairy cucumber? Perfect numb to breathe. All the coppers look around and like, start sniggering. <laughs> <laughs> hairy cucumber. <laughs> um, right. Uh, where were we? Yeah, Wilfred, you were going to ask George Lusk about the Ripper case, weren't you? Yeah, just, I'm not really going to be listening much to him. I'm just going to be sort of writing everything he says down. Okay, so... Because uh, there's like going to be a story in it. Yeah, would you like to posit the question then? Just uh, so, what exactly is it that your was it an order? Is that what they were called? Uh, the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. Committee. What exactly is it your committee does or stands for? Oh well, uh, we've not long been set up exactly, uh, Mister uh, Wilfred Wilfred Abernathy. Oh, Mister Abernathy. Um, yes, we've not long been set up. Uh, we only started on on the tenth of this month. Um, Let's see. Um, basically, there's uh, there's been quite a few murders. Uh, definitely two that we can speak of. And after the second one, well, I can I can assure you, sir, that I was uh, very displeased with the actions of the uh, police and the cons- London Constabulary. So uh, myself and some friends, like-minded friends, I set up the vigilance committee. Uh, you could say we're a little bit like vigilantes, but a little bit more organised and not as violent. Uh, we do try to help the police in in their inquiries. Uh, if we do see anything, we inform the uh, local station, and we also keep um, Inspector Abilene, uh who is the who is the the detective in charge at Scotland Yard. We try to keep him abreast of all situations as well. But obviously, he has the police for that, so he doesn't necessarily need us. <laughs> as he as he chuckles, he uh, goes to pour himself another cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just sort of like nodding along and like writing everything he says down because I know that that is some kind of like you know puff piece the paper might want. Excellent. So, so what, 
can you tell us about what you found so far with your uh, committee? Um, well, uh, so far, Mr. Um, Queenston, Sergeant Queenston. Ah, Sergeant, oh, uh, Army fellow, are you? In another life, yes. Uh, okay. Um, well then. Um, uh, yes. Um, unfortunately, only what we've managed to glean from the papers and uh, asking a few questions. It 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 does seem as though uh, the uh, the Ripper, as they're calling him, is 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 taking parts of these women, these unfortunates, uh, while in the act of murdering them. Um, but f heaven forbid they're still alive while he's cutting them open, removing these parts. But uh, we can we can only hope that, uh, that that God had mercy on their soul. Um, and he sort of like passes you over some uh, newspaper clippings from a book that he has next to him on in his on a on a table next to his chair. And if you open it up, you can see um, it's just full of local newspaper cl clippings from the last couple of months um, that all um, lead back to uh, the speculation that there is a serial killer on the loose in Whitechapel. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, just real quick, did he ask me if I was army because he didn't realize I was a policeman, or just what? Mm -hmm. He would assume, oh, okay. sergeant, you would be in. You, you would have been ex-army. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess Marcus could be ex-army. Yeah. Yeah, it makes um, sense. But I mean, but if you're a policeman, obviously you're going to say, "Oh, sergeant, whatever," because you're going to be still in police mode. I would have thought. So. Yeah. So. Well, I'm so just trying, I, don't, I don't know like old police like lingo, so it'd be like sergeant inspector or something. No, you can just be a sergeant. You can still be uh, uh, you you can you can take a sergeant's exam and still be a police officer before you would take the um, detective exam or the inspector exam, whatever it is. Okay, so I guess he would have said um, in another life, yes, but for now I am a. Uh, but now it's sergeant policeman. <laughs> policeman. Sergeant policeman Queenston. <laughs> He just cuts up. to you with like a pose with your truncheon, sort of like <laughs> like Charlie's Angel style. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just me on my J's doing all the poses. Yep. Yep. Maybe you're pouting a little bit as well. I don't know. Oh, he's always pouting. Yeah. Is Fairchild yeah. joining you in that like Charlie's Angels thing? Yeah, I'll take I'll take I'll take Fairchild. What did Fairchild look like? Um oh right, yeah, I never actually described Fairchild, did he? He had like um in in if you imagine Zulu and the was he a drill sergeant? He had like a he had he was always like hooky the guy that was always trapped in the it was it was fighting in the hospital and didn't want to fight anymore. He was trying to invalid himself out of the army. He had like this really big bushy eyebrows and like a a handlebar beard. So he didn't have anything on his chin, but from underneath oh, his yeah, nose, it ran all the way round. Yeah, yeah. So he was like that, sort of very sort of prim and proper kind of thing you know, i'm imagining the guy from uh, the first jumanji film yes or or <laughs> even the guy from the jumanji film who's also his dad it's the same actor as his dad is it yeah. Really? yeah 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 yeah, really? yeah. yeah the guy was terrified of his own father so his fear manifested as that oh nice okay pow pow the more you know um <laughs> so Lusk, George Lusk finishes his last cup of tea and he says, well, gentlemen, I'm, I'm, I'm quite tired, so I'm going to turn in for the night. Um, 
my wife has left some blankets and pillows out for you in the other room. You are more than welcome to bed down in here. And I shall see you all in the morning. And with that, he stands up and uh, bids you all a good night. Sort of like does a half bow and then leaves the room and pulls the door. Excuse me. The door closed behind him. Um, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to, I, I would, I would probably say after the, after the time you've had recently, um, a good night's sleep at the moment is probably the best thing for you. So, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think, um, like, Mark will say, look, lads, it's been a weird old night. I think we can get some rest, process this, in the morning, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go back to that mansion if I was going on. I'm going to take as much of the constabulary as I can with me. I, I think you're on your own on that one. I am not going back there. Fair enough, fair enough. I won't ask you to come along if you don't want to, but I would like to make sure you guys are safe. You are, of course, my only witnesses. Is there any way I can contact you, maybe? Anywhere I can find you? Uh, you can catch me. I'm, uh, I don't know. Uh, my residence is in Cambridge and uh, I'm normally around the university, so you can catch me around there. Yeah, and you 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 hand him, uh, yeah, uh, hand him a handwritten note that has yeah that has your yeah. address on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wilfred Craster. Uh, Craster is going to give him a card for an antique shop that he uses as the front. Cool. <laughs> what's the antique shop called? Yeah, what's the antique? <laughs> please, please let it be a play on your actual name. Eric Cucumber. Eric <laughs> uh, Marcus rips it up and throws it away. <laughs> so, so you are called the Crimson Gibbon when you're doing your acts of crime. So what's it going to be called? Your store. Um, let's see, what is the store going to be called? I suppose you could call it the Jade Monkey and then Marcus could be all like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and just sort of like in the back of his head sort of like start the cogs start to start to turn again like oh yeah. <laughs> monkey gibbon hmm. <laughs> like you're literally like you're literally playing a game with him now you know who he is and you're just fucking with him he's he he is he is your inspector zenigata to your loop on the third you are just oh, nice nice <laughs> yeah yeah deep cut coming in yeah all right then uh... The, the Jade Monkey Emporium. Huh. All right. And, I don't know. Uh, how, I want to. What do I want again? Psychology? Um. Yep. Oh. That's fine. When... He just nods. He goes, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a good role. That was a good role. Uh, Wilfred, what are you going to do? Are you going to hand him a, an address or anything? Or Yeah, yeah. I've, again, nothing really to hide, so I'll just hand over any information he needs. Brilliant. Okay, and well, with that, you uh, you gentlemen all grab uh, pillows and stuff from the dining room. It's an adjacent room. It's one of those rooms that's just basically split by a double door. So you open that out, and you've got the dining room. You grab your bits and pieces, um, turn off the lights, and leave the fire going, and bed down for the night. Um, it's now 8.45 in the morning and you hear a knock at the door um, a few knocks at the door actually and uh, you hear the, uh, the the door open and can you all just do a listen roll for me please 
There's so many things you can click. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh. my lord. Oh, my god. Oh, yeah, that wasn't oh, going to happen. Geez. That wasn't going to go on. <laughs> Did you all just fail that? I don't know um, why I've only got 90 in yeah. this one. Wow, why? Wow, yeah. For, for, hey. for, for a policeman, that's pretty Yeah, my listen's really low. I don't know why. <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out later on. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> okay, so you guys are all still tired. So you just hear... <laughs> Like Chewy. Is that a dog? <laughs> more, more, more like, more like the parents out of, uh, out of Charlie Brown. That's oh right, weird. okay. Wah 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 wah. How uh, dare you? My mother was a saint. <laughs> and uh, and you hear the door close, and then uh, mist- you hear a knock on the uh, the drawing room door. And uh, it opens, and it's Mister Mister Lusk. He's like, "Oh, gen- gentlemen, are you, are you all awake?" Uh, no, no, five oh. minutes. <laughs> Prasser sort of sits up and goes, mm. takes his flask from his pocket, takes a yep. shot from it, yep. puts it back again. Goes, yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to face the world now. <laughs> okay. Um, so with that, um, uh, George Lusk is like, "Oh, uh, gentlemen, um, that was just." Constable Fairtree, he's asked that you all attend a um, uh, a formal interview at Scotland Yard. Uh, Frederick Aberline would like to have a talk with you. Um, he's the lead investigator on this on this case. Um, I've already booked a carriage for you, uh, held one down. So once you gentlemen are ready, um, please jump in. They said they'll they'll sort out your breakfast for you, and uh, I'll speak to you sometime soon. It was very pleasant having you here. And uh, again, he sort of like pulls out from from the door, closes it behind him, and leaves you guys to get ready. Um, takes takes you all about ten minutes to get yourselves sorted out, straightened out. Um, you all leave the residence, and as he as he as he promised, there is a, a large black carriage uh, outside uh, with the cab driver on top. He says, uh, "Gentlemen, carriage for uh, Scotland Yard." That's us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah. Uh, hop in then gentlemen it's already been paid for no worries there and uh you guys all jump in close the door behind you and uh less than 20 minutes later you are being pulled up outside the old scotland yard um i'll try for next week to actually get a picture of it so you can kind of see what it looked like i didn't get a chance to to do it this week unfortunately but um it's a large building um outside is constable uh fair tree waiting for you um and he he's 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 standing there with a, another gentleman who's uh dressed in, in a suit he's quite tall uh maybe just about six foot um and he and fair tree's like oh gentlemen good to see you again i hope you had a nice nice uh sleep sorry about the the earliness of my uh my call um this here is uh, Detective Edmund Reed, and he's going to take you upstairs to uh, have a debriefing, if you like, with uh, Detective Inspector Abilene. Um And I will see you gentlemen later on. And with that, he sort he sort of saunters off, twirling his um, his baton as he goes, whistling to himself, and leaves you with Edmund Reed, who um, sort of like looks off towards fair tree just like with a bit of disgust in his eye and says uh gentlemen 
uh, as the constable said, uh, my name is Edmund Reed. Uh, I am a detective from Whitechapel, and I am leading the investigation on that end of things. Um, if you follow me, we're going to go upstairs and speak to my superior, and hopefully get a bit more information out of you, gentlemen, and maybe fill you on, fill you in on a few things. And uh, he takes you up. Um, within a few minutes, you are sat in a smoky. A uh, smoky room in front of not so much an elderly man, uh, sort of late fifties, possibly early sixties. Uh, very well kept hair. Once again, everyone in Victorian London, at least every policeman, seems to have some sort of giant moustache or beard going on. And Abilene is no exception to that. He's got a large beard. Uh, he's sitting there. Are they better than my beard? Um, I mean. Can I roll if, to have a better beard? Can you roll for beard? You want to roll for beard? beard. Um, let's let, let's roll for appearance then, and see if your beard is better than his beard. Uh, wait, did you say appearance? Uh, yep. Wait, no, yep. I changed my mind. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, extremely amazing. That is a quality you, beard. You, uh, There's not a lot going on for you, but that beard is. <laughs> Abilene, like from his perspective, looks at your beard, and it's like the light of a lendil. On your face, <laughs> it is the greatest thing he has ever seen, and is like, oh, oh, uh, you must be uh, Sergeant uh, Queenston from the from the Croydon Constabulary. Am I, am I right there, son? Oh, that's right. They call me the Beard of Croydon. <laughs> the Beard of Croydon. He says, "Oh, I can see why there, sir." <laughs> Reed is standing behind him by the window and it's sort of like looking out over over London and Abilene just basically begins to fill you in on the information that you that you would have already got from Lust but with a bit more detail. Um, probably not going into into as much detail with the actual wounds that the victims have 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 um, have got, but possibly going into other bits and pieces that wouldn't have been in the newspapers. And at one point, he mentions the word, uh, the words strange symbols. And at that, you all, your ears will, will, will sort of like Cup. stand to attention, if you like. And you, you are now completely focused on what he's saying. Um, what are you guys going to do at that point? Have you got any, uh, any sketch work of these uh, strange symbols you mentioned? And uh, w- with that, Abilene's like, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we do. Uh, Reed, can you hand me that that uh, that envelope behind you there? And Reed grabs uh, an envelope off off of the uh, off the cabinet, and he hands you hands you a sheet that has some runic symbols on it again uh, that look exactly the same as the ones that you found in the catacombs underneath Belthorpe Manor. Um, mm. at, at that point, you all realise that whatever is going on in Whitechapel is somehow linked to what has been going on, or what was going on, probably still is going on underneath Belthorpe Manor. Um, all right. Wilfred, you've, uh, you've still got your sketches, right? Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, monolith sketch. And and with with that, <laughs> Wilfred hands his sketchbook over to Reed, 
and he's like, uh, and uh, what does, are you going to say? Does he does he one of them goes, why have you um, his, This is the sort of thing we saw. Say copyright Wilfred. <laughs> yeah, it's got my name right in the corner. Like, <laughs> Every sketch is signed. You've got a massive underneath it. watermark over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, just some, a few sketches of some things we saw last night. Oh God, you've given him the... I don't hand him the one of the monster in the pit, though. Okay, you, you hold on to the monster in the pit, but do you hand him the picture of, of Balthazar, though? Actually, if yes. Wilfred, Wilfred, if you give it to... Yeah, if you give it to him, because we want to... I don't think they know that we were, like, in the thing. We've only told Fairchild, uh, Fairtree, who is here, that we were just, like, at a party, so we need to make it clear that we are not... This was some kind of, like, kind of covert operation, but not that we have anything to do with it. Yeah. Okay, well, I think at that point, you you hand him over the book, and in there, yeah. he, he's like, oh, blimey. Looks like a door? And uh, he turns a few more pages, and he's like, sir, is this, uh, is this a joke, lad? Because that looks like a comedy penis to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the professor here can't be a monolith, my good man. And he looks to the professor, and he's like, can you confirm that, sir? No. <laughs> <laughs> Crying out. And then, and then he, look, he looks back at you, Wilfred, and he's like, well done, lad. Looks like you're wasting our time. Maybe you need, some, maybe you need to spend some time down in the cells, eh? I'm not going to help you with this one. <laughs> you drew it. <laughs> I really don't pun- think putting me in the cell will solve anything. There have to be okay. punishments for failing yeah. those things. <laughs> At that point, then, he's like, well, oh, I don't know, turns the page and then sees the room that has the blood ritual in it. And he's like, bloody hell, what were you up to last night? Reed, take a look at that. Call some constables in. And uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, and, before, before it all goes a bit... Oh, go on, sorry. Well, well, Reed, Reed takes the book and has a look at it and flicks back to, to the <laughs> comedy penis. And he can... <laughs> He can, yeah, lad, he look can, at this comedy penis. <laughs> he can he can clearly see that there is maybe a bit more detail in it than possible, and it doesn't look like a penis. It looks more like a big rock that's got some stuff written on it, but just hasn't been drawn very well. Uh, and then he flicks back to the other page, and at that point he says to Abelion, uh "Sir, I'm just going to take these gentlemen outside, and we'll get them booked in, and uh, I'll take this notebook with me, and I'll, well, I'll booked I'll, in." I'll get, Yep, and I'll get back to you in in a, in a little while, sir. I'll switch you later on. And Abeline's like, whoa, 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 whatever, and then uh, grabs his pipe off the desk and starts puffing away at it while looking at while looking at the morning newspaper. And Reed leans into you, gentlemen, and goes, uh, "If you wouldn't mind following me, please, gents. I think I'll take us into a different room." And he opens the door and leads you off to the other end of of the ball pit, if you like, uh, down a small flight of stairs to a what look what what essentially is an interrogation room but isn't in use and he leads you in there and grabs a couple more chairs and then closes the door and locks it behind him uh at that point then he he throws the um the sketchbook down on the desk and is sort of standing pacing up and down in one of the corners holding his chin uh and he looks as though he's he's sort of like struggling to to sort of like figure out exactly how he's going to word what he's going to say next. Uh, and then he stops facing the wall and says, so 
you gentlemen known about know about the runes as well then? Not uh, much. Yeah, a little bit. Nordic yeah, runes. We, uh, we had some uh, some dealings last night with what can only be described as a bunch of mad rich bastards. What do, what do you know about these runes? Reed turns round and he's got a, a smirk on his face and he's like, Jesus Christ. Okay, gentlemen. Um, the other officers aren't clued on this, but I'm pretty sure I know what's going on here. Um, I've come across these runes before at two other murder scenes before the Ripper killings began. Uh, I first investigated a a murderer of a woman on the 3rd of April. Uh, We got a couple of army lads for it. Uh, They say they bayoneted her, but something didn't feel right. Uh, And there was a mark etched on the wall where the woman lay. And I took note of it. Um, And then again, on the 7th of August, I heard of another murder and another sketch of a mark. After some investigation, I found that these were runes. Uh, And then when the Ripper murders, and he, he uses quote fingers for this, uh, started on the 31st. The same similar runes. Um, I feel as though these are all linked, and I think you gentlemen may have stumbled on a link between what's been happening since April and what happened to you gentlemen last night and what happened uh, and what I fear is going to continue happening for quite a while. And with that, he sort of pulls a chair out from underneath a desk and sits down in front of you and sort of gestures towards you to sort of, with his hands together, sort of underneath his chin, and he sort of points towards you, you four, and says, without saying any words, inferring that he wants you to basically fill him in on everything that you know. Um, Are you guys going to convey the information from the night before in as much detail as possible or are you just going to act dumb on this i'm playing dumb right personally i don't think it's it's not believable we went into a house and got attacked by a giant tentacle monster in the basement (laughs) (laughs) victorian policeman is not going to wrap their head around that regardless of what they think they know about runes Okay, um, so Wilfred's made up his mind. Uh, Cresler, Cicero, Marcus. I mean, um, I can't roll insight every time I do anything, but I am a copper. It seems like something I should be doing. I feel like. Yeah, can uh, I do a psychology on him as well, just to try and? Yeah, if if, if you guys, if, if a couple of you guys want to roll oh, some crap. psychology on him, so take the first one. God. Take the first one. You <laughs> Christ! Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with the first one actually. Just I think like hundred you've had. Yeah, I think Mark is gonna believe him. Like he doesn't have any reason to not trust other police. This is the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Wilfred he's actually really somebody who like knows about this stuff. Yeah, you've already um, given him your book though. Yeah, but I've held back some key photos. Yeah, you well, haven't. You, he, he hasn't. He hasn't shown him the monster or Balthazar yet. Right. Okay. Um, Wilfred, with your extreme success, you look across at him and you can see in his eyes that he has seen things that all four of you have also witnessed. And he's probably 
only a few pieces away from throwing a certain things certain things together um what would you like to do can i um persuade uh chris again with his magnificent drawings of balsazar and <laughs> the other person uh, to see if i can show the policeman the no, yeah the given given i don't think you need to given the I've now seen that in his eyes. I would probably slide that across the table and not say anything. The tentacle monster one, just to see, just to see his reaction. Yeah. If okay. he gets a yeah, bit weird, I can that. go. Oh, sorry, wrong picture. And <laughs> show him Balthazar. That's my personal that was, project. That's a bit more normal. That was a personal project. <laughs> so you yeah, slide. The Japanese really love it. Yeah, yeah. You slide that picture across the table towards him, and he peers down at it. And then looks back up at you, glances around the room, looks back at the picture, and then pulls out a pocketbook, a well-worn pocketbook, and lays it on the table um, and frantically flicks through it. Um, the best way I can describe it is the the grail book that um, Henry Jones Sr. has in, in uh, Last Crusade. It's like that kind of book. Looks like it's mm. been handed down, and there's mm. lots of information in there. And Reed stops on a certain page. Uh, you can't s- see what's written on it unless you guys want to do a spot hidden roll. Yeah, I think actually I'm a spot hidden roll would be quite good right now. now. Yeah. Oh, no. Nope. Uh, no. 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 You know, I feel like we're pretty safe. I'm going to push my roll. Okay, cool. Hey. hey. Pow. So, Marcus, your first look, you can't see anything because his hand's in the way, but then he moves his hand and you see the word pit keeper underlined. And, oh. uh, and Reed notices that you've seen the book and he closes it quickly um, and pushes the image back towards Wilfred and puts the pocket back in his book. Back it, Puts his pocket back in his book. Puts his book back in his pocket. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, and he looks at you gentlemen and he goes I see I can safely say that we're on the same page here sirs I am going to request your help in my endeavours with this investigation we need to figure out exactly what's going on here and we need to stop it as soon as possible Uh, I gather you've already met Mr Lusk he's uh, He's a little bit eccentric, but he is feet on the ground and he can be useful to us if we need him to be. I'm heading back to the Whitechapel station. I recommend you gentlemen head back to the crime scene and see if you can pick up any extra information um, and then meet me back at the police station at your convenience. And with that, he stands up, unlocks the door to let you gentlemen out. And he he sees you all out. He goes off, uh, back off into one of the rooms at the back. And what would you guys like to do? Uh, Ask for a cigarette from um, Abernathy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, no, he's got a pipe. Can I get some backy? Like, I haven't Uh, ever stopped anywhere to buy tobacco in this whole time. I lost all my cigarettes. (laughs) Well, do you want to do a mug throw and see if you've got one? Oh, there we go. Bam. (laughs) Wilfred, but all right, thanks. <laughs> Can never be too repaired. 
Um, so you, you light up in the police station and you're all sort of like standing there sort of in a circle, if you like. And at this point, uh, I think it's probably best if you guys discuss what you want to do next. I feel like I would uh, want to keep looking now. Now that I've seen that the occult things are in place, I feel like I would be intrigued. So I would go back to the, uh, to, or plan to go back to the body to uh, see if there's any other clues. Where did um, this the guy go? The guy who was just interviewing us, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Reed, he's just gone yeah. off uh, in another direction behind in the ball pit behind the um, the main desk, and he's gone into an office office back there, uh, probably to collect his bits and pieces before That's he heads back up to Whitechapel. You want to follow him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As you as you walk off towards his direction, you get to the uh, the desk and you go to lift up the the sort of like plank. At that point, uh, a policeman walks over and slams it down. And he's like, no chance, lad. You better back away now if you know what's good for you. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's fine. Um, I'm with Reed. He asked me to come and look at something for him. Uh, Wolf and Aranathy, journalist for whichever paper I told you I worked for, and I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the sun. <laughs> the, 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 the police officer looks at you and goes, I know Reed's a bit of an odd one, but I'm not too sure he'd invite yeah. a... Oh, uh, fuck it. <laughs> Hold so on, you, you, sorry. No, I'm actually I'm pushing it. I'm, oh for fuck's sake! I've got, I've got um, you. I've got you. No, oh, yes, no, Cicero's no, no. You can't. No, you can't. C- Cicero is not in the situation. <laughs> Wilfred is now has now failed. <laughs> double failed. Uh, uh, oh, persuade. I'm gonna get a punch. <laughs> and and this policeman has looked at you and gone right to the cells with you. Grabs you by the collar and, whoa, and, whoa, and whoa. frog marches you off while you protest your innocence. <laughs> and uh, and takes, you down, <laughs> takes you down Marcus. and locks, basically locks you in the cells. Marcus. You just seem to be like frog march past us. <laughs> the minute police start frog marching people at places, um, yeah, I, I, I have just snuck out the building. Yeah. No, no. I, just got, I, I, I make a very discreet exit. <clears throat> cool, cool. So uh, at this point, Craster um, just. Just sort of like <laughs> the police just are arresting like, people. Just, just sleeping. Surprisingly, I just wandered off. I just ah, oh dear. Yeah, can't start asking what he's arrested me for. It's just the eighteen hundreds. They're not going to tell you. Anything. They might beat you up. Instead. I quote the law at him and fail. <laughs> <laughs> You're all like, I thought this was America. I thought this was America. <laughs> 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 I'm you off and a meal, you a succulent <laughs> Chinese meal. I am the French ambassador. This is unacceptable. <laughs> See? French. And he's like, he's like, sorry, Froggy, don't listen to yours. Locks you in. Oh, God. With, 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 with a burly chap who's already sitting on the bench who seems to be covered in tattoos. And he just looks up at you and goes, <clears throat> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you, yeah, and you are in the cells, Wilfred. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Um, what, are, what are Marcus and Cicero doing? Uh, do we see him get marched off? What's that? Do we see him get marched off? Oh yeah, you, you you've just watched him get arrested for basically mm. trying to trying to wise talk himself out of a situation. You know what? Marcus goes up to the copper and yep. says, "Sorry, officer. Um, you haven't got a cigarette, have you?" <laughs> and the policeman looks at you and goes, "Uh, oh, not too sure, sir." And pats his pockets down and 
pulls out a suspiciously similar cigarette case to the one that <laughs> the very had popular had. cigarette case opens it up and hands you a well-rolled cigarette <laughs> tightly obliged, and, uh, and and lights it for you as well and Thank then you. puts you it back in his pocket fancy joining me sir oh no i'm on, I'm on duty son no i'm gonna I'll, i need to sell my post i've got some paperwork to do anyway of course fair enough fair enough listen uh small thing one of the uh, one of the lads that's been uh, assisting me um, on the side with a with a pretty big uh, case. He's a uh, he's a bit of a mouthy one. If you thought, I saw you dealt with him, and you know what? Don't blame you, mate. Absolutely, but unfortunately, no, right now, <laughs> I do need him on hand. Well, that's so and so. He was mouthing off to me something rotten there. So, oh, I know, I know, I know. He's a he's a terrible one. I'll tell you what. I'll finish this snout, and uh, we'll give him. Give me a bit of time in the cells, and I'll go pick him up. How's that? Teach him a bit of a lesson. All right, as you wish, sir. And uh, with that, you sort of, you know, hang around for about ten minutes. Let Wilfred stew in the cell with um... <laughs> with Big Boy, Big Boy Barry. And he just looks at you and goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can too. see you, you can see like his he like the like his knuckles are slowly going white as he clenches his fists that are sort of like next to him, sort of in Must front of him. Have my pen and paper with me. Uh, yeah, I mean you've just you, he hasn't taken anything off of you. Oh, so no, you're you gonna sketch Why Barry? Oh, don't sketch Barry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. I'm trying to, but it's not letting oh. me. There we go. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Um, you pull out your sketchbook to go and draw him, and Barry stands up. And Barry is like six foot eight tall and built like a brick shit house. And um, and he grabs your sketchbook and pen, snaps your pen in one hand, and tears your sketchbook in two with the other one, and drops it on the floor, and then goes to sit like down, down the again. middle. Yeah, yeah, like down, like okay, down the middle. All like, the pictures are still intact. Fine. No, no, like down the spine. So he's turned it sideways. And torn your sketchbook. Sort of. Can like... I take all the pictures out? No, no. I mean, the, your sketches. Uh... Uh... <laughs> I think. I think you three failures, dude. <laughs> you, 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 you would probably have. You, you would have had the sketch of Balthazar and um, and the pit creature in your pocket because you took them out of the sketchbook already. But yeah. you lost the monolith. Okay, those were the those were the good ones. You've lost. You've lost the sacrificial chamber, and you've lost the door. You've lost so, George. The door well, wasn't all the hairy well. cucumber. Yeah, you've also lost lost George Lusk and the hairy cucumber. Oh, <laughs> so uh, I kind of just chuck him. Like, all you did is ripped up a comedy penis. <laughs> did you just chuck a comedy penis at, at, at Barry? No, no, no. So, I chuckle and say, "All you've done is ripped up a comedy penis." Oh right. Okay. Oh no, wait. He's going to think I'm being him. By this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just—he now looks at you. <laughs> he hasn't even—he's—he's he's barely sat down. And you can kind of see his eyes are starting to go a bit bloodshot at that point. And his face is going a little bit red. And his knuckles are going just a little bit wider. And he goes to stand up. And the policeman from the desk and Marcus come down and open up the, uh, the cell. <laughs> and literally drag you out as, he, as, as Barry's standing up to come to you. Right, <laughs> the officer closes. <laughs> Making friends already, I think. Ah, I could take him. And, and at this point, <laughs> Big Barry is standing now by the door, going <laughs> like just shaking the gate as you're all yeah. walking away. I blow him a kiss. 
<laughs> Settle down, big man. Oh, damn it. I'll put you back in there, Wilfred. Stop, stop messing around. <laughs> and with that, you are led out. And the, and uh, Marcus, you, you walk out. And Wilfred, you're still sort of... The, the, the police officer still got your got you by the collar and he literally throws you out of the police station onto the street. <laughs> <laughs> Turns around, dusts off his hands and walks back to his work. Wait, he's got um, the cigarette box, hasn't he? Who's got your cigarette box? The copper. No? Oh. No, he had, he had a very similar one. Oh, uh, okay. I thought he's, you meant he's, he's, he's got the same. He's got the same cigarette box as Fairtree. Constable Fairtree. Oh. Yeah. Um, so with that, you gentlemen are out. You... As Reed instructed, you hail a cab and you head back to the murder site. Uh, well, at least you head back to Lusk's, Lusk's uh, house. And from there, you remember your, straight, your, your steps back. Well, if I snuck out first, I'd probably already procured a cab for them all. Okay, cool, cool. So, um... Oh, so you're coming back with well, us Well, is then, that yeah. or I could make Jaws split the party as Craster's buggered off to uh, look up the value of occult artefacts, but... I kind of think making him GM two things like that seems a bit unfair. But it's totally what Crasto would and should have done, is bugger off and try and find out if there's anything valuable worth nicking in the occult one. From the police station? No, from the uh, from the other place. Um, the house, I think, no? Oh, Whitechapel, Whitechapel House. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Cucumber's house. house. Yeah, Cuc- yeah <laughs> Cucumber's house. <laughs> okay, I mean, so you, <laughs> you all take the carriage back to Lusk's house and... Uh, from there, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you are, uh, are all actually going to go off and and retrace your steps back to the murder scene uh, during the daylight. So you've all you've all traced your steps back through the uh, through the morning sunshine, and once you get to the scene, you can see by the fence where the body was that the um, the blood has now been. Uh, washed away and at least off the pavement and there is sawdust and sand that's been put down to absorb anything that's left um on the fence however you can see that a foot up from the ground there's a definite blood spray which no one's noticed um probably from when the ripper has slit her throat and it's the arterial spray up and out onto the fence um can you all do a spot hidden roll for me? <laughs> hey. Haha. <laughs> it's plus. Oh, so close. So, um, Wilfred, with your successful spot hidden, um, next to where the blood spray is on the fence, you see a graffiti, um, which looks similar to this. Are you drawing it or do you have a picture of it? <laughs> He's drawing it on I'm the I'm just going to get rid of my stick, man. Yeah, I'm move my, uh, my, my, my sheet. Give me a second. That's, uh, that's me drawing it. I've already made a note of what it is. Uh, so you see this symbol, not drawn, but carved into the wood on the fence. It's very different to the runes you've seen before, but at the same time, it seems strangely familiar. Um, and you can't quite figure out why. Um, Craster and Mark, you spot this, and you're just like, well, "That's a little bit weird." Um, but you don't, you don't sense any relevance to it. Only Wilfred gets this sort of, oh, "Hang on, this looks. Do I ever seen this before?" 
do I have another sketchbook? I mean, you've still got two halves of a sketchbook. Roll a luck. Fine. <laughs> okay, so with, with, with what little paper he's got left, you make a sketch of the symbol that you found. Didn't as you pen as well? Yeah, I've got a pencil. He's, he's got pencils, oh, he's okay, got paints, right, he's right. got all sorts. All right. mm. There's always a pencil tucked behind me here. Mm. Don't want to know where else they're tucked. When you look around on the floor and you look around the amount of sawdust that's there, you can tell that the pavement, by the time they took the body away, must have been pretty much swimming in blood. Knowing that, Marcus, you probably deduce that, you know, there's a possibility that that woman's heart was still pumping while she was being carved up after her throat was slit. It probably wasn't as quick uh, as as a lot of people would have hoped it had been, um, which is a bit disconcerting, really. But what you do notice is a trail leading off down the pavement and round this fenced uh, this fenced wall. It's very faint. It looks like it's it, it's it's droplets of blood that have been missed when um, when everything's been cleared away and it's going down an alleyway. What would you gentlemen like to do? Um, the obvious answer is follow the trail. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so you follow this trail round and go down this very narrow alleyway, uh, and this trail seems to lead to a sewer cover. When you get there, it looks as though there's also blood on this on this cover as well, as if it's been lifted up and then pulled back into place uh, once someone has made their way down. As you guys get to the get to the sewer cover, um, three constables wander around the corner as well. Um, they appear to have been put on some sort of guard by Reed for uh, for whatever reason, just to make sure that the crime scene doesn't get tampered with. And uh, they walk up to him and they go, uh, gentlemen, I uh, understand that uh, Detective Reed has sent you sent you down our way. Uh, my name's Constable Adams. This is Constable Williams. Uh, and that there on the end is Constable Harris. And he just goes, all right. What's up? All right. Wagwan. <laughs> Wagwan, right. Wag okay, one, cool. Bombaclat. <laughs> Are you going to tell them about? The Have you ever spoken to a police officer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a Victorian one. Not a Victorian. I don't recommend doing a modern one either. <laughs> um, are, are you going to tell them about the trail that you've just found, or are you going to introduce yourselves to these gentlemen? Introduce first. You know, make sure they know the score. Yeah. Yeah. Just introduce. Don't trust too many people at the moment. Marcus, well, I mean, like, Marcus meets police, he talks to police. He's a policeman. Yeah. So he goes, uh, yeah, afternoon, lads. Sergeant Queenston, what's uh, what's all this? Hello, hello, oh. hello. <laughs> hello. Do, do you sort of, like, bend your knees and sort of, like, hold your lapel? Yeah, hello, 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 lads. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Like, he's still got his hat and everything. I think he probably, yeah, popped it on. He's back in Bobby mode now. It's a daytime. Yeah, yeah you got you got a bowler hat on. You, yeah, you, you're set. You're set for solving crimes. Yeah, spin, spinning your truncheon and everything. Yeah, you're spinning your truncheon. You accidentally hit one of them in the face. Like, oh, sorry. He's like, ah, my eye. No. <laughs> Williamson sort of chimes in. He's like, uh, uh hello, there, Sergeant. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Detective Reed just sent us down here to uh, keep an eye on things and then help you guys out if you needed, uh, help you gentlemen out if you needed any aid or anything. Um, wh- why have you come down this alleyway, though, by the way? Um, doesn't seem much down there. It sort of closes off uh, by the end. Well, yes, Constable, but you see, there is another way out. He kind of motioned downwards. And I was wondering if gentlemen would be so good as to remove this for us. Williams, Williamson looks at Harris and they uh, both nod at each other and they, uh, they reach down, get their fingers in the grate of the uh, of the sewer cover and they lift it up for you guys uh, and uh, put it off to very very quickly though while they're all distracted yep. lifting that crafter wants to look around and see if there's any way to climb out of here if anyone could have gone up now i don't know what you want me to roll for this because i've got a very good climb so i know i might be able to climb it but whether that would be what you want me to roll no or not all right i mean you you the the alleyway is quite narrow but it's not narrow enough for you to mm-hmm. like shimmy up the walls, sort of like Jackie Chan style or yeah. like Assassin's Creed, if you like. No ladders, fire escape, or maybe. No, you've got you've got you've got two you've got two buildings either side of the alleyway that sort of like make it. Uh, one is a is a residence. The other appears to be some sort of shop, uh, maybe a haberdashery shop or something. Um, at the back of the alleyway, um, it there does appear to be excuse me another fence but this one's about eight feet tall and there's something you can just about see something on the top of it so maybe someone's put some wire up on the top or something to try and stop Mm. people from climbing over but other than that i mean the alleyway is just you know there's a couple there's like some old posters that have been slapped up on the wall like a bit of detritus and whatever on the floor but nothing nothing necessarily that that would that would indicate anyone has climbed out of there Fair recently. Enough. Fair enough. Cool. So with the with the cover pulled back, Adams runs off back around the corner, and you can hear some sort of like fumbling. And uh, he comes back with a couple of electric torches, which were around at that time, uh, quite expensive. And the and the local Met Police have a few of them on hand. So. Um, Adams and as Adams walks up, he's got conveniently four, and he says, "All right, lads, I think we should probably all go down here. If you think, uh, if you think this is the way that the, the gentleman went, uh, who wants a torch?" And he sort of like spreads them out in front of you. Um, yeah, I'll take one. Cool. So Marcus has a torch. Do you want to just make a quick note of that somewhere, just so you know you've got yeah. it? Uh, who else is going to take one? I'll take a torch. Cool. Is Wilfred's got one. There's two, is there, or is there one? There's, 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 there's now there's now two left, and Williamson is going to grab one of them. So there's now uh, only one. Crafter won't take one because he wants his hands free. Okay. Um. Well, I don't mind. I, I I'll go without one. Okay. Um. If someone else is going to take it, Adams then keeps hold of the other torch because both Marcus and Wilfred have one. So the torches are all dished out, and with that, you all descend down the ladder into the sewer system uh, when you get down there you can tell that it is incredibly well constructed if you've ever actually seen a victorian uh, sewer system we still have we still haven't used them now um perfect brickwork with waterproof mortar making a completely cylindrical um or nearly completely cylindrical tunnel with a flat bottom um there's a bit of debris down there and maybe uh, about three inches of water running constantly and dripping in the tunnel. Um, it's relatively linear, though. There's not a lot of offshoots, so it seems to run 
um, pretty much following the road system in a way. Um, so you guys have a have a vague idea. Once you get down there and you look back up and you sort of get your bearings, you kind of know what direction you're going in if you're on street level. Um, you've really got one of two ways to go. You can either go left, which would be back down the alleyway if you were on street level, or you can well, you can go backwards. Sorry, that would go it would be going back down the alleyway if you're on street level, or you can go forwards, which would be going beyond that fence that crashed the saw at the end of the of the alleyway. Which way would you gentlemen like to go? Um how far away is the body for this? Um the body is at a morgue somewhere and is oh, well, yeah. I mean like where where it was murdered, sorry. Um, so if you were to go back up out of the alleyway, you would take uh, it's 10 yards back down the alleyway and then another uh, sort of like eight, 15, 18 yards down the road uh, going left. If you come up, come to the alleyway, you're coming out of it, go left. About, about 30 then, yards away. Yeah, there. All, all, in, all in all. OK, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, in, in that case, I would suggest that we would split up and search for clues. Oh, what like Scooby-Doo kind of style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Rep <laughs> <laughs> bro. <laughs> okay. Um uh what 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 sort of teams are you guys going to pair off in then? Well, we got one person with a torch um on either side. I don't know, I can't remember who's got them now. Um So well, so me and Mark. So you got you got Marcus, Adams. Yeah. You got Adams and Williamson, the two uh two of the constables. They've got a torch. Harris doesn't mm-hmm. have one. Um, yeah. And it's Marcus and Wilfred that have a torch out of. Yeah. Crest will go with Wilfred because Crest doesn't want to get paired with a copper. Makes yeah. sense. Well, well, with that, uh, Harris walks up and goes, oh, I think I'll come with you, gentlemen. <laughs> 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 and then. Uh, the copper you know, but it's too late now. <laughs> and uh, and Adam. Try and persuade him not to. <laughs> do you want to do a persuade roll, Crest? No, it's okay. Because that would look suspicious. No? Okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, Adam's hands Harris his torch because he says, well, if we're doing now, I'm not going to need this and hands it off to him. So you've got a torch at the front of the column, if you like, and a torch at the back. Um, and you're pretty much set up. So who's who's going to be ahead of Cresta's uh, group? Is it going to be Wilfred? Right? Wilfred. Okay, so it's going to be Wilfred Craster. No. Harris? Wil- Wilfred Harris Sister. Craster. No. In that case, then you need to take oh, the torch. He's going to be at the back with a torch. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll remain yeah, hands yeah. Sorry. I thought he'd given away his torch, meaning he had one. My mistake. Oh, no, no. No, sorry. Yeah. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, how are the how, how are you going to be setting up Marcus Cicero? Well, I'll go in the middle because I haven't got a torch. <clears throat> yeah. I'll go in front. Yeah. Marcus, I think, would be straight straight in there. Yep. So Marcus is ahead of the queue, and then it's Cicero, um, Adams, and then Williamson at the back with the torch. And the two groups filter off in either direction. Um, I'm going to go with Wilfred's group first. And as you wander off down the, uh, down the tunnel, um, you come to uh, a a fork if you like there's two different directions you can go and then it looks as though when you shine the light down the left one there's another offshoot off the left 
So essentially, you've got three ways that you could, that, that, that your group can go. Um, what would you what would you gentlemen like to do? If we label them tunnel one, two, and three from the right to left. Hmm. Is there any kind of sign that shows either of them have been used recently? Any like yeah, what can we see down there or marks on the walls or? Um, so Wilfred, uh, Craster, and uh, Harris at this point. Though you know Harris is just sort of doing his own thing, looking at the walls. Wilfred and Craster, you can't see anything that would have necessarily said that anyone's been down here. It's a bit too damp. There is a lot of marks on the walls already, just from like build off of like residue of you don't really want to know um, that's been that's been sloshed down the uh, down the sewer system at some point. You can hear if you if you do a listen roll for me, please, uh, Craster. Cracker's <laughs> gone deaf. Okay, you can't really hear anything other than um, just the sound of the water underneath you flowing. Uh, Can I have a crack at that? Because I'm in the same group. Yep, please do. I just thought Cresta would have had a better listen. No, because Cresta's listen's terrible. In that case, uh, Wilfred, you can hear some faint dripping off down tunnel number two. Um, that sounds as though it could it could be promising um but there's no there's no visual signs of of anything anything of any interest what would you two like to do oh i gotta tell them that it sounds like there's a dream from tunnel number two right so wolfred's told told craster that there's uh possibly something down down the second tunnel i think craster, we'll hit the like tunnel too oh he's a you should deal with the other group. We might as well jump back to Marcus and Cicero's group and see how you guys are getting on with your adventure going in the opposite direction. Hmm. Um, so your your direction is basically, if you're on street level, has led you back out of the alleyway. Um, and you walk for about 300 yards without really anything eventful happening. You can see by the time you get to what would be the other, you know, as, as you would pass the street and pass where there would be residences, you can see that there are some sort of like tubes running off into the wall, which would allow runoff for anything that's that's been coming down. But it's mainly the sewer system is for anything that's just been dumped in it from from either end, really, and then flushed through by the rain. Um, you end up coming to a to, to a point where again the tunnel forks off but this way it's it's basically you hit a t-junction you can either go left or right as you peer around to your right you can actually see that there's a gate like a a, a metal gate down your right um maybe 50 yards down and if you look to your left on the tunnel you can't really see if there's anything down there um what would you guys like to do if we can see down the right and we can't see down the left, let's stick to what we can see for now. Yeah, I think that that will be the smarter thing to do. Yeah. So go down the left, or go down the right, sorry. Okay. Cool. So you guys go down the right, and as I say, 50 yards down, um, you come to a metal gate. Um, unfortunately, the gate is locked, but it looks as though there should be a key for it um, with the city surveyors uh, which the police could quite easily get hold of and there does look to be um like there could be some marks 
on that gate, which look a little bit suspicious, like someone's possibly picked it at some point. Um, do any, do either of you two have lock picking as your skill? Um, I've got mm. a one. I'm not locksmith. No, I haven't got locksmith. No. No, oh, hang on. I closed my thing so I could see this uh, image. Yeah. Does um. Where would lock picking be? No, I it's, think it'll it's be actually called lock. One. It's actually called locksmith. It's down. It's underneath. Listen. Oh. I have a one in that, so oh. okay. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a one as well. Yeah, Pro- probably not worth you guys picking that lock. Williamson steps up with his with his torch and flashes it and goes, "Oh, it looks as though someone's been uh, messing about with this lock." But uh, I should be able to get us a key if you guys want to. If you gentlemen want to want to head down there a bit later on, uh, might be something interesting. I mean, I can't think why someone would want to pick a lock down here if they weren't doing anything. Uh, legal um uh, you know essentially implying that only a wrong one would want to try and do something down here uh damn wrong uns. damn wrong uns. <laughs> Those damn wrong uns. bastards um <laughs> we're going to jump back to um Cresta and wilfred uh you have decided to go down tunnel number 2 uh <laughs> and and as Scylla black pulls back the uh, the curtain you see it's a tunnel <laughs> <laughs> hey. um, and uh, and you get a week's break in Blackpool um, <laughs> sure it's not Croydon no no it's Blackpool oh. you guys walk down the uh, down tunnel number two uh, tunnel number three is actually an offshoot of number two and you can see down there uh, when you flash your torch down, that it seems to split off into a lot of other little narrow tunnels that are probably too small for an adult to get down. If you found a child, you could probably force them down it like a chimney sweep or something. But um, there's no way an adult's going to get down there. Uh, so you continue on down tunnel number two. When you get to the end of this tunnel, however, you come to a stone wall. Um, can you two both um, roll a spot Dan's hidden for me, please? Dan's not here. He's just gone to the loo. Karen, do you want to roll a spot <laughs> hidden for me, please? <laughs> right, what do you want me to roll? Spot hidden. That's what I roll. Oh, oh Crash is rubbish. No, 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 no. Crash probably <laughs> would have been fine. <laughs> I have shit growing dice. <laughs> to be fair, it's versus 25. He wasn't going to get it that easily. Yeah. Um, Wilfred, however, shines his torch on this door and sees that there it is covered with runes again and in the middle of this door is carved the symbol that you've just that you think you've just seen up by the murder scene so you get out your sketchbook and you have a quick look and you're like yep that's exactly the same symbol so Cresta you fail to spot runes on a door but Wilfred has um Wilfred, are you going to inform Craster of what you have just seen on this door? Yes. You might as well. It's Taylor, it seems to match this. Wilfred hands you the uh, the sketch of the symbol that he saw on the on the fence post that was carved into it. Um, and it, you can see, Craster, it perfectly matches what's on this stone door. Um, when you both look close, a little bit more closely at the door, you see there's no handle and there doesn't seem to be any keyhole but you can you can definitely see it's a door because it has a you know it has a surround to it um 
Do you guys want to try? Can I see the hinges? Um, you could see possibly where some hinges should be, but they're they're hidden because this this door is okay. so large. Um, what would you guys like to do with the door? Like, does it look like too big to like bash down? I mean, there's three of them there. They could give it a go. I might put them, but yeah, it's just yeah, I should give it a go. Have you got anything fancy you can use to get through the lock? I'd have to find the lock. Well, there's no visible lock on the door. It's just oh. a, it's just a big stone block that's in in the way, covered in runes and this symbol in the middle. Try and use intimidate. Intimidate. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone actually want to roll for that? No, yeah, so go ahead. Intimidate get, the door. Get through now. a door seems very much like a new thing. Yeah, you gonna you got you gonna do it? You gonna give it a go? I just realised I have a specialisation in explosives. Oh, wonderful. I'll try to intimidate the right. Screw it. Well, that was actually quite good. You could use a luck for that if you wanted to. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm not wasting luck on shouting a door down. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you shout the door no, like... Screw it. Just... One in a hundred. Let's go. Ah. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, there was no... There was no, no, there was no lock to put on a key on it anyway. I would have tried when... anyway. When you shout at the door, you just threw your hands up and went, Open Sesame! <laughs> In the hope that something would happen, but nothing did. Um, Crashers, did you say you, you've got... You're an explosive. I, I have quite a score in explosives, yeah. Under my science Um Okay. Don't think I would have... Wait, can I just say, I really don't think I would have brought any explosives with me. Well, do you want to do you want to roll luck just in case? In case I had some C four in my back pocket this whole time. Just, I I think you may have had some sort of gunpowder or something with you, possibly. You know, fuck me. Okay. <laughs> He's got an arsenal in wow. <laughs> so you you reach into your inside <laughs> left <laughs> breast pocket and pull out and the chemistry, and because we're in a sewer, Crash is like, well. Very covering is well, well, you know, gentlemen, there is such a thing as explosive sewer gas. And I suspect if I could just lump enough stuff here together, I could probably make a little bit of a bang that'd make this door go down. But you should all back very, very far off just in case I get this wrong because I'm no expert. <laughs> this is not what you want to hear. Harris looks at you with the torch in just pure disbelief that you even have anything that could that could do this actually wondering no, 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 who no, 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 no. Like just claimed i'm going to try and make around. this out of shit now he might think i'm insane and he's free to eat i'm insane but he has not seen me take any explosives or anything like that out of my pocket because i haven't I'm so glad that Marcus can't see this because he would be so well, mad. Well, we're just going to hear a bang in a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am so, blaming all so, of this on um, explosive sewer gas, gentlemen. Do I, do I do I have a role for bullshit? Because that's what I'm going for. It would be fast talk if you want to do a role for bullshit. <laughs> can I try and can I kind of pick up what he's doing? And fast talk for no, him because no, I'm like, very competent in that. I can sort of try and talk to the. You would, oh, you would have to. You would have oh. to do a do an intelligence roll. Yeah, because my right. fast talk isn't good. I could arm him. No. Right. Okay. So you've got you've you've got no fucking clue what he's doing, but your Wilfred is is slightly talk, like. Can I try and calm him into thinking that I'm just going to try this? 
Well, no, I mean, at this point, at this point, I think Wilfred believes that you're going to try and do this. He's been with you long enough at this point, and he's like, "Oh no!" So, um, so Barney Rubble at this point. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Wilfred, it might be a good idea to lead Harris away down, down towards uh, Tunnel Three. <laughs> I, might, I might have overrated my expertise in explosives. I mean, it's it's a number. Well, well, you're going to give it a go anyway. So Wilfred and Harris back off and they leave you to to set your explosives. Do you want to do your explosives? Oh, oh, wait, wait. Can I luck? Can I luck? You're going to luck? You're going to luck it? Yeah, push it. What do I do? How do do I do this? Just roll again. If if you say you're going to push this roll and you fail it, can I get punished? Yeah, because I've only got nine points to make it a success. Yeah, I'm going to use luck. Oh wait! Okay. Can we use luck to like Bowie our our rock? Yes. Yep, yep, yes. Yep. But you can't, oh. you can't get it back once you've used it. Yeah. At like, all. Once, once, once luck is gone, it's gone. It's like um. Yeah, but I've got a, I've I've got a lot of luck. To, okay, I'm, I'm quite happy to lose nine points of luck, turn it into success. Okay, okay, cool. So you spend your luck points and you you get a success on this. So you set the, the fuse, you set the explosives around where mm. the hinges should be. So I imagine that would be the best place you'd yeah. put it because you can't see any, any locks. Because you, you lucked it so well, you have a uh, fuse wire with you or fuse string with you. So you pull back um, towards where um, Harris and Wilfred are hunkered down and you pull out your lighter. And you light the end of the fuse, and you hear it going down the corridor, and then a, a massive explosion. Like maybe you've probably used a bit too much explosives for this. And the whole sewer shakes. At this point, Marcus and Cicero, along with Williamson and Adams, hear the bang. It sounds a. It, it's echoing all the way down the tunnel. And the t- and the sewer is now shaking. What are you? What are you, fine gentlemen, going to do at this point? I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn to them and go. Yeah, we got to get sewer right. gas. Is bloody dangerous stuff. <laughs> oh no, not them! I'm not here. Guys, I'm we, we just hear no, the guys. Just I'm with sewer gas. <laughs> bloody dangerous stuff. <laughs> Is your hair like blown back and like you've got like a, a mask over your well, eyes? Like, where well, there's like goggles and it's like clear <laughs> underneath the goggles, but black everywhere uh, else. Are Marcus and Cicero going to run towards where the explosion was? Because yeah, the yeah. sewer stopped shaking at this point. Yeah. Oh, it stopped shaking. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we're still at the other door, aren't we? Yeah, um, but I mean, you could you could book it if you want to. Well, how how heavy is this door? Is it like a metal well, uh, thing well, or what? Well, well, your gate isn't going anywhere until you, unless you've got a lockpick or you've yep. got a key. So, okay. all right, well, let's, you've just let's heard a big explosion. Yeah, let's go back to the explosion then. I think. Okay, um, so you, you two, and 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 the two constables run off down the tunnel. Um, you can see the smoke billowing out from from tunnel number two. So you assume that whatever's happened has happened down there. You run down it, and then that's when you spot <laughs> this Craster, Wilfred, and Harrison all sitting on the floor in the water, like waving their hands in their faces, blowing away the dust <laughs> from the explosion. Absolutely what drenched. What the hell happened here? <laughs> I just imagine this silhouette on the on the wall, like. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's a sewer gas explosion. It's really quite lethal stuff. But luckily, I think it might have to lodge that door for us. Can you give us some warning next time? Is he going to look you dead in the face and just go, oh no? <laughs> um, Wilfred, are you, are you okay? Are you like shell shocked at the moment or what? <laughs> you haven't tried yeah, to Yeah, I imagine it that's yet. kind of knocked me for six. <laughs> Okay, so you guys, <laughs> fuck it up. Um, do you all sort of like get up and dust yourselves off, and uh, you wander off down the tunnel towards this door that that uh, Crest has just mentioned, and lo and behold, you see that this thing is now open. Hey, hey. There doesn't seem to be any light on the inside, and if there was, the explosion's probably blown out any candles or fire that was in there. Um, but Williamson walks up with his torch. He takes the torch off of Harris, who's a little bit shaken at this point, and shines it in around the room. And all you hear him go is, Cool, blimey. Thank you for listening to episode 3 of Spectre and the Fog, Descent into Madness. Tracks used in this week's episode are Abandoned Windmill from TabletopAudio.com, Haunted from TabletopAudio.com, and as always, various sound effects from FreeFX.co.uk. Until next time my friends, keep investigating.